What's up, y'all? What's going on? How you doing? My name is Dre, and this is the Painted Line Skull Edition. As I am new to the sports coverage game, I'll give y'all a quick introduction of who I am and why I'm still a Vikings fan after many, many years of heartbreak. So I was born in Minnesota. I grew up with Purple Fridays where we got points in elementary school for wearing purple on Fridays. I've lived through many heartbreaks. Damn. And 99 NFC Championship game? Yeah. Damn! and some good times as well. Now, who's my favorite player? It may be cliche, but my favorite player of the entire Vikings history is Randy Moss. Growing up, watching him destroy defenses was a lot of fun. And still to this day, there has never been another player, albeit receiver, like him. Even when he was playing for the Patriots, I still enjoyed him. Now, he could get all the stats he wanted, but I wanted the team to lose. Though, it is fairly unfortunate that he never got a ring. Anyway, so that's who I am in a nutshell. Now, let's get talking about the Vikings in the first game of the 2021 season. Now, this week, the Vikings are headed to the INC, and I got five keys for the Vikings to pull out a win. Number one, the defense to stop the Joe Burrow comeback. Now, despite a very promising start to his career, his rookie season ended halfway through after he sustained a severe knee injury during a game. Now, knee injuries in this game are no joke. And as a man who loves to see players make comeback after injuries like that, Vikings need to hold this down for one more game. Prior to the injury, Burrow was one of the top favorites for offensive rookie of the year. Now that they lost the corpse of AJ Green in the offseason, they drafted Burrow's old LSU teammate and All-American Jamar Chase to replace him. Jamar had 84 receptions for a little under 1,800 yards and 20 touchdowns the last time that they played together. Now, this was also second in receptions to the should-be offensive rookie of the year Vikings receiver Justin Jefferson, who got 111 balls thrown his way for a little over 1,500 yards and 18 touchdowns. Either way, though, the duo of Chase and Burrow can be very dangerous. They also re-signed Mike Thomas and signed Trent Taylor from the 49ers. Now, they also have Tyler Board, T. Higgins, Trenton Irwin, Stanley Morgan Jr., Auden Tate, and Scotty Washington. reason that this is important is that this is almost identical to what they had last year and Burrow still produced. Now, the Vikings defense is coming off the worst year since 2017. Yeah, this is a bad defense. Worst one I've ever had. And our defensive line was the most injured last year and we didn't get a single snap from edge rusher Daniel Hunter or defensive tackle Michael Pierce. Now this year, not only are both players back, but we also added Dalvin Tomlinson and Sheldon Richardson. Now add in a little bit of Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr, and it's possible to have one of the league's top front seven. Now there is a slight question of if Barr is actually going to play, but on August 30th, Zimmer did say he was doing well and they had a plan for him to go. So we'll see. 
and he also was on the unofficial depth chart earlier this week. Now with the DBs and safeties, it's a little worrisome. Now hopefully Cameron Dancer will be able to improve in his second year and then they've also added vets Patrick Peterson, Bashard Breland, and Mackenzie Alexander to give themselves some more options. Now honestly, I'm excited about P-Square than anyone else and they've also added Xavier Woods to play alongside the hitman Harrison Smith who just got paid and not gonna lie this is extremely exciting because he's arguably the best safety if not one of the best safeties in the entire NFL and including the year remaining on his prior contract this is essentially a five-year deal worth approximately 75 million dollars and if he plays out that entirety of that contract he'll be in Minnesota through his age 36 season which would arguably be a good time for him to retire. Really proud to be a part of it for as long as I have and into the future. He is now the longest tenured player and has been really one of the most consistent and reliable players. Now, Ref is trying to make him this evil and dirty player, but he's just frankly a tough one. In the last nine years, no safety has had more interceptions than him at 28. He has had 66 career passes, defended 13.5 sacks, seven forced fumbles, and 747 career tackles, and he made five straight pole rolls from 2015 2019 and was graded as one of the best safeties in the league in 2017 as the best and in 2019 third and since 2017 he has had PFF's highest grade safety in the NFL. Now with this new contract it's most likely he'll remain a Viking until he retires which is a rarity for professional players in almost all sports nowadays to remain with the same team for their entire career. Now he is truly an amazing all-around safety who has been one of the key pieces to the many successful defenses around Zimmer. Now even with this Zimmer is known as the DB guru, but there's a lot of to be anxious about given how this area has lost its luster over the past few years. Minnesota finished 29th overall with 29.7 points allowed per game and ranked 27th with 393.3 yards allowed per game. Now on paper, this roster may not be the most talented group out there, but Coach Zim is reportedly one of the smartest defensive minds in the NFL. We'll see what happens. Now, number two, pressure Burrow and get sacks. Now, going into the offseason, one of the biggest stories for the Bengals was how they were going to rebuild their offensive line. Now, they kept left tackle Jonah Williams, who had the 12th best pass blocking grade. And they also added former Viking Riley Reef. They drafted Jackson Carmen, who was a solid college player. However, the one spot that they're still working on is their left guard spot. Luckily, that's the side that Daniel Hunter plays on. And he should be back with a vengeance this year after missing last season with a herniated disc. Now, last season, the Vikings finished with just 23 sacks, which is the lowest total in franchise history since 1982 when sacks became the first official stat. And the player that had the most sacks was Yannick Ngakwe, who wasn't even on the roster after week six. So this has to be increased this year. Now, getting Daniel back really brings a lot to the defensive line. And because he posted back-to-back -back seasons with 14.5 sacks in both 2018 and 2019. And if he can simply do that, we'll be better in the long run. And he'll get 
paid, which he deserves. Additionally, the Vikings brought back edge rusher Everson Griffin after he led the team a few years ago. Now, he got to show that he can still play in the last preseason game against the Chiefs. He had played four snaps, had two pressures, and one sack. He also set DJ Wanham up to get a sack, and it's been said that he's more likely than not going to be playing opposite of Daniil, but as a third option, since he's a little older, it'll make sense that they don't use him on every defensive play, but it's a good indication that he can still sack the quarterback if necessary. I've always liked him, and if he can still play, that's fantastic. Now, I only want to know what is in relationship with Kirk after tweeting out that he is now, speaking of Kirk, number three, protect Captain Kirk. Now, because he's not vaccinated, Kirk is going to need all the protection he can get. The offensive line has had many problems, mainly with pass protection, which has been a big problem for the Vikings for many years, going back to 2011, 2012, when they drafted Matt Khalil, who's now no longer with the team. Two years ago, they drafted Garrett Bradbury, and this year they drafted Christian Derisaw to replace Riley Reef. Now, Bradbury started every game since his rookie year, and he was at the top of all offensive linemen when it comes to run protection, but he has struggled with pass protection. Now, Derisaw has been struggling with a groin injury in the preseason, and it limited him through training camp. Now, even when he did play, he didn't play with the first team, and more so with the second team Reds at left tackle. The veteran Rashad Hill has been mostly with the first team offensive line, and we re-signed him this year because he has done somewhat well as a pass protector, but Derisaw is coming off the highest grade 95.6 of any tackle in the nation last season and the second highest since 2014 in both pass blocking and run blocking and if he plays he could bring a huge improvement to the run and pass protection game however that groin injury may prevent him from doing so so we also drafted Wyatt Davis who was lauded for his strength size and power and was going to replace Ezra Cleveland who like Bradbury does well with run protection but has struggled with pass protection however at this point point Davis has only taken second team reps at right guard while also training to be a backup center. Now they've also worked in Dakota Dozier and Ali Udo but at the end of the year PFF ranked the Vikings 26th overall and 27th going into this year and that's because the offensive line is essentially dependent on Davis and Derisaw who haven't been getting much action and then one second year player it's definitely worth having some concern and then we're getting a new offensive core so there's a lot going on here but Cincinnati's defense being in the top 10 of points scored against them it may not be a big of a deal this game now last year they only sacked the opposing quarterback 17 times which is less than the Vikings did however they also did add DJ Redder back in 2019 who had a career high 85.4 PFF grade but was injured a lot last year they also added Trey Hickerson who pressured the quarterback 49 times last year with the Saints which is 20 more than he had ever recorded previously so while the Bengals defense is almost as questionable as the Vikings offensive line there's more potential upside to that defense which could be really bad for Kirk if he can't get the ball off in time so number four fire up the stove for Mr. Dalvin Cook because once you get him going he's going to be cooking up a meal last year the Bengals were 31st in the NFL at allowing 5.1 yards per carry but now in the offseason Bengals gave $100 million contracts to defensive end Sam Hubbard and Hendrickson. And they also drafted four defensive alignment, including Sam
example and defensive end Joseph Mosai. Now, they also picked up a few undrafted free agents such as Darius Hodge and then converted him to an edge rusher and he had 1.5 sacks, five quarterback hits and a tackle for the loss in their first preseason game. Now, one can hope that their chemistry isn't there yet, but either way, Dalvin should be getting the ball a lot and it makes sense because they've been a run first offense since the days of Adrian Peterson. Now, last year, the Vikings were fourth in yards per attempt of 4.9 and fifth in overall rushing yards of 2,283. Now, Cook himself was a big part of this as he had five yards per attempt and 1,557 rushing yards in only 14 games. Now, this offseason, he no longer has to worry about making a deal and could concentrate only on football. Hopefully, he can be cooking and run circles around the Bengals and explode for 200 plus yards with three touchdowns. Hopefully, let's go. Come on, let's get the ball to Cook and let's have him cook up the Bengals. Exotic meats, hippo steaks, giraffe burgers. Now, number five, spread the ball around to the receiving court. So Bengals safety JC Bates III had a breakout season last year where he was named second all-team pro and he had a PFF grade of 90.1 and was the number one safety in the league last year. Now, he had 100 or more total tackles in each of the last seasons, never ranking lower than third on the Bengals in that category. He also has picked off the most passes for the Bengals over the last three seasons with nine total, along with 31 other pass breakups. So on the Viking side of the ball, last year, Captain Kirk completed 67.6 of his passes for 4,265 yards and 35 touchdowns with a QB rating of a 105. Now, this was his second highest rating ever to his 2019 season of 107.4. Though arguably, last year's came with a 7-9 record versus a 10-6 record, and honestly could be attested to a lot of garbage time completions. Either way, though, statistically speaking, he's in the top half of the league's quarterbacks. And with one of the best duos in the league, he should be able to produce more. Last year, Thielen caught the ball 70 times for 925 yards with 14 touchdowns and should have been offensive rookie player of the year. Jefferson caught the ball 88 times for 1,400 yards and seven touchdowns. Now, the tight end Irv Smith Jr. is coming in as starter after the Vikings let Kyle Rudolph go in the offseason. Unfortunately, Irv Smith Jr. is out four to eight months after getting uh, the surgery on his knee meniscus. So Tyler Cronklin is going to step in and he's fine, honestly, but the position is slacking a little because Cronklin is in his fourth year at the age of 26. He's 6'3 with a weight of 254 and he was a 2018 fifth round pick out of Central Michigan. Now in 2020, he got 19 catches for 194 yards on 449 snaps, which was third behind Rudolph and Smith. Now he's also coming off a small hamstring injury that he suffered in training camp. Now it's obviously that the Vikings don't 100% trust in him because when they also traded for former Jets tight end Chris Erndon, who did look good as a rookie in 2018 when he caught 39 passes for 502 yards and four touchdowns, but he's somewhat struggled since and was placed on IR 2019 after cracking rip. Now in 2020, he had 31 catches for 287 yards and three touchdowns. Now because he's probably going to be behind Cronklin just because of learning the new scheme and everything and because 
is there's no guaranteed third option right now for a wide receiver even though there's been promise those two could fill that void now they also claim ben ellison who also work in as tight end now there's been a few other receivers that have done okay in preseason kj osborne dd westbrook and emir smith marset and i think that if cousins can give them at least Thielen and jefferson and then the tight end opportunities the offense has a lot of upside and they can sprinkle in the other receivers until one really does stand out now the final score prediction so i ran a madden simulation with as accurate rosters and accurate weather and everything on an xbox series x and the final score was given to be 27 to 24 i don't honestly think that the Bengals are going to score that high i do think that the vikings have the potential to so arguably i would just switch the numbers around and reduce it so to a final score of vikings 24 to the Bengals 17. i got three words for you you like that yeah! Now let us know in the comment section below what your final score prediction is for this game. You can subscribe to the Painted Lines at, at Painted Lines on Twitter and on YouTube or at the Skull Edition on Twitter as well. And you can also hit us up and let us know what you think for more Vikings content. We'll see you next week for the week one follow-up and also the week two predictions. Skull, let's go Vikings.